the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Some people are still in their comfort zone. They will not venture out of their comfort zone. And that's why they are stuck in the same place, thinking God isn't answering their prayer. And God is like, you're not moving out of your comfort zone. Rebecca was able to end up with Isaac because she came out of her comfort zone. A lot of people are like Rebecca. Because I just mentioned that this servant is like the Holy Spirit. So when he conversed with Rebecca and revealed his agenda, at that point, she was aware that she had a husband waiting for her somewhere else. Okay? A lot of people are like Rebecca. The Holy Spirit has told you there's a husband for you. There's a wife for you. There's a promotion for you. There's a breakthrough for you. Just one thing is needed to experience the marriage, the husband, the wife, the promotion, the breakthrough. You have to move. You have to move. And some people don't move. Because Isaac was there. She's just been told by the servant, this is why I'm here, and this is what I prayed, and you are the answer to prayer. She had to do something for that to happen, which she eventually did, and she ended up with Isaac. The second thing that causes people to be delayed, we find in the story, reading along in Genesis 24, 55 to 56, I'm going to paraphrase the story, in Genesis 24, 55 to 56, they meet her family members. The servant had explained what was going on, and he was letting them know he needed to take Rebecca with him back to his master. And Rebecca's brother and mother said, let her stick around for another 10 days, and then we'll let her go. And the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, the servant said, don't hinder me. Since God has prospered my journey. Some translations say, don't delay me. Since God has made my journey successful. Wait a minute. Is this trying to tell us that sometimes God has made the process successful? Made the journey successful? Opened the door? But the only problem is we're letting family members delay us, which is the other thing that delays us. Family members. Sometimes family members are the comfort zone. Sometimes we don't make decisions based on what the Spirit of God is revealing to us. We make decisions based on what family will like. Well, my, my dad and my mom, what would they think about this? My brothers, my sisters, my uncles, my aunts, my nieces, what would they think about this? And we make decisions based on that when God has said something different, if he said something different. 
the family members were about to delay her. But if you read the story, she chose to go. And consequently, she ended up with the man God had for her, but she changed location at the right time and it happened. Let's not allow the familiar, the familiar to hold us back, to delay us. Okay? So, the first thing is location. Dina and I will be married. It'll be four years next month. <clears throat> My sister can attest to this. I used to live in Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> For 12 years. I loved it at the time. I rededicated my love, uh, my, my relationship to God while in Richmond, Virginia. I, I grew um, in my walk with God in Richmond, Virginia. I served at a church there. I had a good time, but no wife. You know, I tried, made some attempts. Nothing ever happened. Richmond, Virginia, 12 years. Then perhaps like the 10th year or so, I began to feel an impression to move out of Richmond, Virginia. And I came to Houston, Texas. Well, I'm here right now. <laughs> and when I came to Houston, Texas, about a year, a year and a half, I met my wife. I met my wife. But I didn't know she was my wife at the time. Because there's a time for everything. There's a time you meet the person. There's a time you get to know the person. And there's a time you move forward in a relationship if that's God's plan for you too. So a year and a year and a half, I came to Houston, Texas, met my wife in church. Our first meeting, according to her, wasn't very uh, good. <laughs> you know, uh, she said, she reached out to me and, you know, she saw my name. She confirmed that it was Nigerian name. I said, yeah, and according to her, I just walked right away. You know, and uh, <laughs> anyways, that... <laughs> That was that because it's time for everything. <laughs> four years later, uh, four years and a whole bunch of other disappointments later, I woke up and I looked at Dana a little bit more. I was like, you know what? It could be her. And of course, the rest is history in the making. She, on the other hand, lived in Indiana. South Bend, Indiana, all her life. Part of it in Plymouth, Indiana. Part of it in South Bend, Indiana. Whichever case, it's Indiana. So she moved from Indiana. She came to Houston, Texas. We both changed location, and voila. Okay? So, number one is location. Number two, your vocation. Your vocation, by vocation I mean the work God has called you to do. Your purpose, your calling, what God wants you to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I just mentioned earlier that one of the reasons why people are stuck is because they don't want to leave their comfort zone. I am not saying you need to just put yourself out there. I am not saying, ladies, that you need to move to San Francisco, Seattle, or Minneapolis just because Forbes listed them as the top three cities for single women. 
That's not what I'm saying. Gentlemen, I'm not saying you need to move to Baltimore, Philadelphia, or Washington, D.C., because Forbes listed those three cities as the top three cities for single men. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is you want to put yourself out where God wants you to be. You got to go where God called you to go, like Abraham. God told him to move, so he moved. Like Ruth, she wanted more of God and God's people, so she moved. So your movement, your relocation is based on God's leading. So if, what, if that's what God's putting in your heart, to put yourself out wherever he wants you to do, by all means do so. I'm not saying you should do it just because it's a formula per se. Okay? So Genesis 2.15 God puts Adam in the Garden of Eden to work and care for it. Some translations say to tend and keep it. There's a reason why God moved Adam into the Garden of Eden for his vocation, to take care of the garden. In the process, he ends up with his wife. Along the same lines, when you are in the process of fulfilling what God has called you to do, whether you're beginning the process you're in the middle of the process, you've advanced in the process, that process can set you up for whoever God has for you. Whether it's Moses running out of Egypt and ending up by the well, all part of his destiny, also changing location and meeting his wife at the well, Zipporah, whether it's Joseph ending up in Egypt where he becomes governor and meeting his wife, Asenath, there's a purpose why you're changing location. The reason Dana moved to Houston wasn't to find a husband. In fact, knowing my wife, it's really a miracle that she actually left <laughs> Indiana. Because anybody, I mean, we all love our families, but man, she has a special bond with her family. And for her to leave Indiana, where she spent all her life, to come to Houston, that's a miracle. She came to Houston because the University of Houston had a special program, a prestigious program for social work. My wife is a social worker. Her vocation caused her to come to this location. In the process of it, God hooked us up. My coming to Houston obviously was because I was following God's plan for my life and, you know, we're together now. So your vocation can affect the timing of what God has for you. The third thing is your preparation. Your preparation. Are you ready? If you're not ready, it's going to take a while. I'm going to read a story that some of you are familiar with in Exodus chapter 13, 17 to 18. I'm actually going to read this. Exodus 13, 17 to 18. When Pharaoh finally left, let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. <laughs> the route to the promised land, the shortest route, God didn't lead them through that route because <laughs> they were not ready. Because if they, they, they're going to have to battle, and he knew they were not ready for the battle. 
So God led them through the longer route, roundabout route through the wilderness. Sounds like a lot of us, right? We feel like, man, this is taking long. And you feel like you're in a dry place in the wilderness. Well, God is taking you out that route because it's a better route to prepare you, to make you trust him more, know him more. Because as much as marriage is a blessing, as much as the promotion is a blessing, as much as the increase is a blessing, they come with their own set of challenges. So if you're not equipped, if you're not prepared to handle those challenges, you are likely to want to turn back like a lot of people have. You know what? I'm done with this. I'm out of here. The shortest route was Philistine territory. That's interesting. Philistines were the enemy of the Israelites. The Israelites were the children of God. So that verse is letting us know that sometimes the shortest route is the devil's territory. The shortest route is the enemy's territory. The fastest way to get that blessing, the shortcut, can get your life cut short. Because the enemy is crouching, waiting for you to attack you. So sometimes God takes us the longer way to prepare us better for what he has for us. And finally, the fourth thing that affects our timing is our disposition. Our disposition. By that I mean your attitude. <laughs> your mindset. Especially when it seems like this thing is taking too long. What's your mindset about what's going on? One of the best examples I like to give is the story of Abraham and Sarah. God promised them a child. And in Genesis 16, I think, verses 3 and 4, we are told that Hagar suggested to Abraham, after all, they've been in Canaan for 10 years, and nothing has happened. 10 years. And she suggested, you know what, why don't you have Hagar? And he agreed, and he slept with her, and Hagar gave birth to a child. And let me share what was said about this child. We can find this. I'm going to actually read this in Genesis 16, 9 to 12. I'm reading this. It might not be on the screen, but I'm going to read this. Um, oh, it's actually there. Okay. Genesis 16, 9 to 12, message version. From this pregnancy, you'll get a son. Name him Ishmael, for God heard you, God answered you. He'll be a bucking bronco of a man, a real fighter, fighting and being fought, always stirring up trouble, always at odds with his family. In other words, this guy is going to be trouble. Isaac was the promised child. Isaac means laughter. The things that God has for us will make us laugh. We'll be joyful. We'll rejoice. At the right time, we'll rejoice. But like Abraham and Sarah, sometimes we're like, it's taken a while, and we have, we're human beings. This is how we think. You know, maybe I need to try this. Maybe I need to try that. You know, this is what I heard so-and-so did. Maybe I need to do the same thing. 
I mean, I mean, it's your child, but I mean, Abraham, God did speak to Abraham and say, your child, I mean, even though it's with Hagar, it's still your child, you know, Let, let's try this. And what happens is, because it's taking so long, we feel like, you know, maybe there's something I'm not doing, and let me try this, and in the, pro- in the process, we bring trouble into our lives. We bring things that God did not originally intend for us. A bucking bronco. Some translations say a wild donkey. <laughs> Let's think about the donkey for a minute. How many of you know that donkeys are slow? Donkeys are slow. Okay. This, the way this child was described, this say it was a donkey. He said a wild donkey. Okay, so here it is. Donkeys are already slow. Now, this was done to speed things up. Sometimes we try to do things to speak things up, help God out, and we only slow ourselves down even more because the result of what they did was the, the, the character, characterization of this child is a wild donkey. Not just a donkey, a wild donkey, which means donkeys are slow, one. You have a wild donkey. First of all, you have to get it to move in the first place. So this donkey is slow. Now it doesn't want to go anywhere. So you have to deal with the fact that this is slow. Now it's slower because the donkey does not want to go. Now imagine the energy you have to exert to get the donkey to move in the first place. You're dragging the donkey and dragging <laughs> You're dragging it. So you're exerting a lot of energy to get something that's already slow to move in the first place. So it's slower. It is slower. Okay, so you get it to move. Okay, time has elapsed. You get it to move, then it stops again. You guys get the picture. This is the third thing that causes delays in our lives. Our disposition as in, okay, you know, maybe I need to help God out. Impatience, you know, I mean, I, I really need to make things happen. And in the process, and in an effort to go farther, we get behind. So this is the deal here. Now, in Genesis 12, 4, Abraham was 75 years old when God first spoke to him. In Genesis 16, 16, he was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Genesis 25, verse 5, he was 100 years old when Isaac was born. It could be that God planned for Abraham to have Isaac when he was 100 years old, but let's just think about this for, it's not a new doctrine, it's just, we're just, thinking about this for a moment, okay? What if God never planned for Isaac to come when Abraham was 100 years old? We know that it was going to cost him at least 11 years before Isaac was born because nothing happened in 11 years. Nothing happened in 10 years. Then I'm sure the extra year was the year she got pregnant and gave birth to Isaac, uh, gave birth to Ishmael. But you've, you've done your own thing, and Ishmael is in the picture. Is it possible God said, okay, let's put Isaac on hold for now? Because now you have Ishmael. Oh, I love him. He wasn't the plan, but I love him. And you have to take care of this child. I can't just give you the promise now because it's going to interfere with the plan. So I'm going to put this on hold for now. Let's take care of Ishmael. Because Isaac now shows up when Ishmael is like 14 years old. And it's my understanding in the Jewish tradition, the bar mitzvah, a child is like 
an adult when he's like 12, 13, something like that. So we suggest that perhaps God is like, okay, this child that you brought into your life is an adult now. Now is a good time to bring in Isaac because he's an adult. Because if you read this story, it wasn't long after Isaac was born, he sent them out of the house. Okay, sometimes we invite things into our lives and God's like, no, oh man, okay, I will help you with this situation, okay? But I can't bless you with what I really have for you right now because you got a situation that cannot be swept under the rug. We have to address this and we have to deal with this until it gets to a manageable situation. And when it's in a situation where it's not going to interfere with what I really have for you, then I can release the blessing for you. So some of us are like, come on, God, what's the deal? And God's like, the deal is you brought something into your life that I did not intend. So let's take care of this. I got your back. I'll hold your hand. I'll help you through this process. Let's get through this process. The quicker we get through this process, the quicker I can release what I really originally intended for you. So ladies and gentlemen, the four things that pertain to us that affect the timing of what God has for us, your location, and some of you may say, okay, if I'm not in the right location, how do I get there? God will place it in your heart to move. Sometimes you have to be pushed to move in the form of being fired, in the form of a conflict. Joseph was forced to move to Egypt where his blessing was. Moses was forced because he made a decision and he was forced to run, out, to run away from Egypt to end up in Midian where he meets his wife, and eventually he meets God at the mountain, uh, Horeb, the mountain of God, you know. So sometimes you're forced out. Sometimes you just decide to move on your own. Whichever case, if any of you are feeling like you have to change your city, your state, your job situation, where you live, or you're forced out to move or something, that may not be a bad thing. It could be God setting you up for what he has for you. Your vocation, of course, we always want to keep seeking God. Your preparation, allow God to continue to prepare you, and your disposition. Have the right attitude. My pastor always says, when you praise, you're raised. But when you complain, you remain in the situation. Let's have the right attitude and not bring things into our lives that God did not originally intend. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.